and welcome to the Future Proof podcast from the north of England with Sarah and Stephen Waddington. We'll be talking about what's hot and what's not on the internet in marketing, media and public relations. Hi Sarah, how are you doing? Good morning, good morning this Good Friday. So uh, the UK slowly emerging from lockdown, we're at other ends of the country because of work, but taking next week off. What have we got to talk about before then? We've got a heap to get through. There's so much in the news at the moment. So we are going to talk about oh, the biggest thing that um, everybody's been talking about this week, which is this Commission on Race and Ethnic Disparities report that the government's published. We're going to keep talking about hybrid workplaces because, again, that's a topic that's not going away. Amazon, government communication service, a bit more about audio tech uh, and so much more to come. Right. Without further ado, let's crack on. So the Commission on Race and Ethnic Disparities report, which uh, came to the conclusion that there is no disparity. We're, we're, we're diverse and all is good, right? Where do you start on this? Go on. No, where do you, well, this is the question. Where do you start on it? And, you know, you look about look at the last year and what's happened and then to have this publication um, a year on, it's quite it's. It's quite something else. So, for example, let's start with Black Lives Matters. We've had Black Lives Matters, that that massive movement that whites have gone shoulder to shoulder with our uh, non-white colleagues to talk about racism. We've seen these movements where we've seen slave trader um, statues toppled uh, and we've seen how the government has responded to that. Um, which has been more about protecting our statues and doing anything about the actual cultural problem that we've got. And now they've published a report which says, actually, there isn't really a problem. You know, go to other countries. It's far worse there. And it's just, for me, the worst kind of gaslighting. Surely we have learned uh, more than anything ever uh, this year that the individual, you know, if someone claims to be a victim, you've, you've got to listen to them, right? If they claim to, you know, cite examples of, of issues relating to race and ethnicity, then we've got to listen to them, right? And in fact, in, around any issue, you I mean, you picked up on the female journalist that cited um, sexism and actually abuse in rugby during the week, who's been called out by fellow colleagues from by a fellow fellow female doctors. colleague who basically said well I didn't see any of that so it mustn't have happened it's, it's a disgrace I sometimes wonder what this country is coming to you know you've got a policing bill introduced by the Home Secretary Priti Patel and that basically introduces a 10-year uh, sentence if you deface a statue but and obviously we've got this going along with all this issue around um, violence towards women the minimum um, sentence for rape is five years. So basically, you get more for defacing a statue in this country than you do for committing violence against a woman. I, I mean, the whole thing. I mean, I just, do you know what? You know, we've we've heard so many of our black colleagues in, in time um, talk about how tired they are and how exhausting and emotionally, the emotional toll that comes with this. It's not, and, and it's good in some respects that the white community is starting to, to feel that and understand it because, wow, that's quite a weight to carry. It's quite a weight to carry, but um, I just, it's just. So, just... so the report, the report's un unravelling. Uh, Black advisor to, to the prime minister resigned in the week. Also, several of the uh, academic side in the report claimed they weren't actually, they weren't actually part of the process. It, it's clearly nonsense. It's embarrassing. Well, 
There's an interesting, um, really good article that I've shared on Twitter by Alan Lester, who works at the University of Sussex. Uh, and he talks about the fact that this is the latest um, part of the government campaign, which is to deny and disavow. So just to deny everything, um, you know, and also just uses a, it's a great way to continue the narrative that they've that, that they've started. Um, it's basically, he says, part of a, and I use his words, a well orchestrated uh, backlash. They want to blame he says itself he says the report seeks to establish a clear break between past and present and blame certain black people themselves for their experiences of marginalization and exclusion and I have to say I 100% agree with that I read that and it was basically I felt like the report said you need to go away and shut up and stop complaining about it because it's worse elsewhere that's that's what I took from that report and then to have so many people come forward as you've said and say I don't know when they thought they engaged with me about this but my name shouldn't be attached it just tells you everything you need to know I mean, I, I feel like we can't move on, but we should move on because there's so many to cover. I mean, you know, it's gaslighting, it's nonsense, it's embarrassing. Uh, and and, and as you, you, you say so well, you know, you feel the exhaustion, the absolute exhaustion of, of you know, colleagues who face this issue that uh, a report like this could, could be published. But let's move on. Um, so, but you know what? It's just, it's, I've read another great article. There's so much about this. It's worth reading. And I've spent quite a lot of time doing it and I'd encourage others to do the same. Uh, and um, there's um, a lovely, not even a lovely, it's not lovely at all, but um, there's a really well-written article by a columnist called Aisha Hazarika, and I hope I've uh, pronounced that right, Aisha, in the eye. And she's talked about um, how she was switched on to politics after the Stephen Lawrence inquiry and how she now just feels utterly exhausted after this race report. And she said that she was naive enough to celebrate the arrival of an ethnic minority Home Secretary and Chancellor. And she says now that she feels stupid and Pollyanna-like. And I think there's a lot of us feeling a bit you know all the work that's been done and I must you know and obviously I'm fairly new to this but many people have been doing this for years and that's so frustrating and it just shows how little progress we actually have made and how much more work there is to do and it is frustrating but I hope everybody is able to take a bit of time and and this will harden their resolve because it's certainly hardening mine let's move on there isn't a really good segue into hybrid workplace from that, is there? So I could feel there was a pause there. I could feel you thinking, how do we move from one to the other? But let's just let's just do that. Sometimes you just can't. Sometimes you just can't. But we have to. Um, so report this week from the CIPD, and there's a lot of noise around this. Um, a lot of you know organisations talking to their employees, uh, industry associations, and enge- engaging with you know the workforces trying to figure out what the home office relationship might be as we emerge from from the crisis uh, covid-19 and, and lockdown starts to be released you know a, a report this week by the CIPD talks to the fact that we've figured out how to work from home we've you know ironed out all the issues around or worked around sorry not ironed out but worked around established worked around all the, all the issues uh, relating to parenting care and caring and and you know general fatigue with working at home and actually productivity is is as high as it is in the office you know pointed to the fact that you know if we needed to we could continue to work from home equally this is balanced with you know lots of analysis that suggests the future is going to be some sort of hybrid future you know young people want to get back to the office older generations who are able to work from home comfortably and have the space you know quite enjoy it yeah it's a funny old one isn't it i'm a little bit tired about this uh, whole discussion there seems to be the same old voices shouting about it on social media channels and i don't think we quite know what's going to happen yet and um these people are like 
no matter what an organization is, is saying they're going to do, nothing is good enough. And uh, I'm a bit like, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm not convinced we will not see a wholesale move back to the office. I would actually personally quite welcome that. Um, but I think you're um, me out of the play. That's what that's what that is. <laughs> well, you know, but um, it's this. I think there is an element. It's all about agility and, and productivity, and just recognizing you don't need to have that presenteeism. And I think there's a myriad of ways in which organisations can do that. But it's a really complex subject matter, and jumping to one side or the other in this battle about should we be there or should we be not, or how does this look and what does good look like? I don't think we know that yet, and the proof will be in the pudding, and we're a little bit away from that anyway but the people I'm speaking to um, a lot of them do want to go back to the office but obviously we're also welcome perhaps one or two days working from home but as you said generational thing um, the young ones want to go back and I get it. It's interesting how the, the conversation is lacks nuance and is po so polarizing you know it's either let's all work, we're all going to work from home forever or we're all going to rush back to the office there's nothing in between you know even the government so uh, the chancellor and the prime minister Boris Johnson, you know, being critical of people continuing to work from home and urging organisations to get their workforce back into the office. You know, yeah, but they're also still trying to urge people to get back to the pub because they want to get these yeah. COVID passports in. And that's just like ID cards by the bot door. And, you know, what makes me mad about that particularly is it's just so badly thought through. We've got this rising issue with alcoholism in the UK, which has increased throughout the pandemic as people have turned to drink to help them cope. Why does, how, you know, where is the long-term thinking? This, oh, is all I can manage to say about that. They're, they're just, oh, honestly, yeah. it's, it's not like, going very well, is it? It's, well, it's not... We need to pick this up and find some positivity. That's what we need to do. I'm afraid we're not going to get much of the next story either. So Amazon has gone on the absolute offensive this week on Twitter, calling out criticism of the size and scale of the organisation and responding directly to, to, to critical tweets. So first part of the story. Second part of the story, The Guardian's done a, an investigation and found a whole load of sock pocket, sock pocket, fake sock accounts, puppet. basically. <laughs> sock puppet. Uh, or fake accounts, which which are uh, tweeting support for the organisation. Amazon, to be fair, denies any involvement in, in this whatsoever. But, you know, uh, the first part of the story, it's unusual to see an organisation go so offensive on the offensive, on twitter and and use it as a means of uh, a means of reply and we used to you know we used to seeing um, ceos making appropriate statements necessarily or um you know make bold statements on twitter i'm thinking about elon musk but for an organization to use it as a means of of discourse is is quite unusual well, it's interesting that they had a go at um, the, the equivalent of, of our MP, one of our MPs. Uh, was it Elizabeth Warren? I think it was. Yeah, Elizabeth um, Warren. Who, Elizabeth Warren is, you know, she, she's part of a group of, uh, who, of politicians who want to see the breakup of big tech. They think well, that's Facebook the whole point, though. Good. They picked that up, didn't they? They went absolutely direct into terms of you want to break up big, you know, you basically want to break up the, the, our company so you've got an agenda. So really quite vicious audio you, you're not a big fan of clubhouse are you in fact you're not a fan at all i'm not a fan at all i haven't joined it i have no intention of if you look at um some of the issues around it uh, in terms of data and privacy it's quite worrying and also it's not great for people who are deaf is it and uh, i appreciate there's lots of spaces for different people but we've got to consider that as professional communicators and um i just i, I know some people have 
building quite a, a group of followers on there, which is great. If it's working for you, brilliant. But um, I, it's, I just find it exhausting. We've got Clubhouse, we've got audio spaces, uh, Facebook are developing like audio rooms. It's like, when when can we just stop? And I just don't know, I find it exhausting. It's just it's so busy and so <laughs> noisy. Okay, so, so you, if you don't like those, clearly no. Uh, but it's, first thing is lack of innovation in, in social media platforms. You know what one does, the other does. The audio is the new story, right? So, so Instagram started with stories. It was copied with Facebook. Now, bloody link, even LinkedIn does it. Audio is the latest. Clubhouse, Club, Clubhouse started in April, then Twitter creates spaces, now Facebook. But it's like the uh, stories, now... isn't it? Everywhere's got stories. Who cares about stories? I don't click on stories either. I'm turning into a right old grandma. <laughs> turning into. Uh, now, though, now, though, we can leave audio messages using services like this new startup ping pong that you, you uncovered this week on Slack channels so we can use audio messaging. Yes. Yeah, so this is the, the idea of their USP, as they say, is that they want to make it easier to kind of build a nice culture with businesses for businesses who've got employees in different time zones. So if you want to have like a, you have a kind of brilliant idea, you can just quickly put it on a video message and send it across to everybody and fill their, you know, like fill their whatever they, however they get it, their inbox, their ping pong box with video spam because they're going to love that so at the moment it is integrated with slack but they're saying that when they're big and rich and clever they're going to become a rival alternative and as as with everything you can organize your threads and conversations and exchange voice and screen recordings it just sounds delightful to be fair we have we have a couple of friends uh within whatsapp groups whose whose uh audio messages we live for and you know you did build <laughs> up quite a following <laughs> during the first lockdown with your video tiktok messages so you know um, it might work for some horses for courses i just don't you know like everywhere you go so now we're going to have ping pong working with slack and then we're going to have our stories and we're going to have you know it's just like oh club let's get on clubhouse now because it's friday night and someone's chatting about i don't know groceries oh please pick up the phone sarah pick up the phone do you know what i did that this week for the first time i just thought i'm going to ring this person picked up my phone dialed their number we didn't have a diary date he answered we had a great chat it was revelationary it was honestly best thing about this week basically it'll never catch on i know Um, imagine (laughs) <laughs> so so uh amazon being responsive on uh, twitter we, we mentioned that another story you spotted this week that that facebook is implementing a feature community management feature that allows you to throttle or, or set who can respond to a post or a comment that you so post this on the is network. rolling it's out it's what twitter did it's what yeah twitter it's rolling did. out over the next two to three weeks uh yeah. and basically you know twitter a little while back allowed users to decide who could reply to a tweet. So you could either say, yeah, everybody can reply or it could only be people that you know or people that were mentioned within within the post to help make social media a little bit of a safer space. So Facebook's now doing this too. And um, it's going to be available to everybody, celebrities, politicians, brands and news outlets as well. And they can choose between um, do they want comments in the public and friends or and profiles or pages. So Again, um, you can just decide if, if you know if you're finding that you're getting a pile on, you can very quickly control that. Uh, but you can control that from the outset. So it's, it's an interesting move. I still think it's like one tiny drop in a huge, huge ocean. But you know, to be welcomed. What it does do, I mean, you, you know, it's contrary to public good 
public relations best practice in the sense that, you know, it's limiting the opportunity for two-way dialogue. But then if you have trolls uh, or are being attacked on a platform, then, yeah, why, why do you have to listen to that? Shut it down. It's interesting, though. I mean, they're allowing it for politicians. And that's a really difficult debate, isn't it? Because politicians, you know, you you know, the opportunity, for example, someone like Facebook is to use it like almost like a surgery. Um, and you say you have that two way, two way discourse, and you can listen to different views. Um, but the problem is social media has become such an aggressive place. that, And you know, with the abuse that we've seen against MPs, and particularly female MPs, you could see where they would want something like a, a tool like that to, to employ as, as needed. It's, it's really difficult. It's just such a shame that we have such divisive uh, society and debate these days. So, so the idea of a surgery is great. Is, is great and you know uh, an mp is more than willing to to typically to to talk to their electorate but you know they want to know that their electorate is their electorate the first thing you you know that, that you have to do when you want to talk to an mp is prove that you live in their constituency and that's right um you know there is no such threshold on facebook or twitter anyone can create a, uh anyone create, can create an account and have a go um without you know without uh, any credentialing anyway Let's move on. Final story. Yesterday was April. This has been an exhausting podcast, isn't it? And we're going to <laughs> Maybe we're all ready for the Easter break. It's just that there's so much wearisome stuff on it at the moment. Wearisome is a great word. Wearisome. It's just like let's, everybody, let's have a word with ourselves. Let's sort the society out. And can we please start to support each other? That would be good. That's I'm going to use that. Wearisome is going to be the title of this podcast. Um, but uh, April Fools yesterday. There weren't many laughs, were there? Uh, well, where were the laughs? I mean, the, the biggest laugh was on poor Volkswagen, who who had a slightly overzealous comms person who tweeted their electric vehicles were going to be renamed, and it all just bombed so horrifically. It was it was untrue, absolutely untrue. Well, so, so the problem there is, you know, Vol Volkswagen three years ago, you know, took a massive reputational hit because of emission scandals. You know, so w one thing you might do coming out of a scandal like that is have rebrand your organisation and call it something different. <laughs> and that's that's yeah. exactly what he did and make a joke, made a joke of it. Um, you know, I think the last laugh is on um, is on uh, Volkswagen, unfortunately. Yeah, no, it's not any good. It's a shame, but April I didn't see Fools. any. I didn't see any good April Fools. Admittedly, you know, like it's a day that I tend to stay off because it's just you get some absolute ridiculousness. Um, but I didn't. I haven't seen anybody share any good ones either. Because sometimes you do get some. You can get some crackers if a brand does it properly. But uh, no. What about you? Uh, no, I'm sorry. No laughs here. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> um, right, so I want to finish. We started on a very depressing um, report related to systemic um, issues with race in the UK. Um, but I'm going to finish on a high because if you haven't seen it, please check out the exec, which is another brilliant blueprint initiative from Elizabeth Bananuka and co. And it's a leadership scheme for UK black, Asian, mixed race and ethnic minority PR and comms pros. If you have a look at um, this is the blueprint on Twitter, you can find that at blueprint underscore ed. Um, and you'll find it as well um, if you look at BME PR pros. But it's been developed by BME PR pros. It's supported by Google. 
provoke and the CIPR are supporting it and it's I'm involved so I mean of course I'm um, I'm going to say this but it's absolutely brilliant and there are some free paces um, so check it out have a look uh, I'm really proud to to have some involvement but hats off to Elizabeth for continuing the good fight. Uh, my shout out to to end the show is to um, a new book published tomorrow from Kogan Page. Truth be told, it's John O'Brien and David Gallagher, my old Ketchum colleagues, uh, book on purpose. Um, there's a copy on its way to us to uh, to read over the Easter break. Okay, one more then. If we're going to do books. One um, more, one more. Yes, one more. Past president of the CIPR, Jenny Field, has a new book out too. I think you can pre-order it at the moment. And if you're into internal comms and that's your thing, or even if you're just in comms and want to widen your expertise, take a look. It's called Influential Intel Communication. And it's about how you can streamline your corporate comms and just become more efficient. Um, so do check that out too. Look to that. Thank you very much, Sarah. Until next time. Until next time. See you then. Thank you for listening to the Future Proof Podcast with Sarah and Stephen Waddington. You can follow Sarah on Twitter at Mrs. Underscore Wads and Stephen at Wads. For more information about Future Proof, visit futureproofingcoms.co.uk. Until next time, see you on the internet. <laughs>